And welcome to HR Bytes, a podcast and video series to bring you stories of HR professionals who bring a think globally and act locally, digital HR agenda to their work. Everyday people who are driving digital transformations in their organizations, data-driven and future-fit digital HR leaders. You can listen to our podcast on your favorite podcast channel and also watch us on YouTube. Do follow us on social. We are on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Today's show is very special as this is the last uh, installment for this year. And who else would I bring on except my HR dinosaur, Mark Miller, who is my advisor, has been on my advisory board for the past couple of years here at HR Geckos. And we really, really enjoy working with each other and, and really talking about HR tech all the time. So welcome to today's show, Mark. So, so happy to finally have you on the HR Bytes podcast. Thank you, Jay. I am delighted to participate in this formal, more formal way than our everyday conversations about issues related to HR geckos and HR technology and, and other items with you living in Maryland and me here in White Plains, New York. So it's, it's, it's an honor to be your last guest of the year. I enjoy it. Uh, I will enjoy it. I know I always enjoy our conversations. When and I'm looking eagerly forward to your questioning and uh, giving me some pushing in terms of uh, talking about where things might be headed. Absolutely. Mark, you and I know that HR Tech has undergone like this whole revolution, right? For the past couple of years, it's just been evolving. Every time we talk, every time we look on a website, things have changed. Every time an HR Tech analyst presents their findings, things have changed. How do you think the past couple of years with this massive shift to remote work during the pandemic and after has, you know, placed this digital transformation of our function front and center on everyone's agenda, including business leaders and HR leaders today? And how do you think this has, um, you know, pushed our function to the forefront of doing business today? There's so many ways for me to answer that, but it comes down to a quick answer that it's a massive change that has been driven by the COVID pandemic, uh, forcing organizations to pivot on the dime when the world in effect closed down and dealing with trying to uh, manage their workforce in all aspects when the workforce is no longer in a central area of work and collaboration. So the whole concept of, of pivoting to uh, re remote work, work from home, uh, using the technology that happily, happily came out by Zoom and Google Teams and, uh, and Meets and all that made people feel, hey, this can be done. And after a while, it, was, it settled down to the concept that this may well be the new normal with the concept of working from remote. And um, it, it's been a massive shift. And another key answer to that is it made the it made the function of human resources management, also known as workforce management, front and center for any organization's survival from a 10 employee organization to a couple of hundred thousand employee a global organization. They needed a way to communicate, they needed a way to show empathy, uh, and the they is the organization itself and all levels of leadership. And um, 
Let me give you an example, Jay. I was asked to teach a new course in talent management by NYU and by Manhattan College. And I'm starting it. I did it quickly uh, last semester, and I'm doing a more full-blown three-credit course uh, coming up in this spring. But I was handed a, a, a syllabus for talent management from my chairman, and he said, take this and use it. And it was written in 2018. I said, I looked at it, and I went through it, and it didn't take me long to go back and say, nope, you don't mention COVID. COVID didn't exist. This has no application to the real world today. And I rewrote the entire syllabus aimed at agility, work from home, um, the whole concept of multi-generations. I mean, this was all not included in a syllabus that was taught by these universities back from the teens to 2019, 2020. And that's the same with the HR function. The words people analytics hardly came up in the talent management syllabuses that I was in. Now, people analytics is probably the two key words that drive everything in the HR function today in terms of uh, the attention, do it and given it by senior executives in terms of getting the data from the one core based system and making actionable insights. My definition of AI is actionable insights, although we'll get to AI in a minute to drive the organization to continue its success and to, and to basically attract and retain great talent. And that great talent comes from generations entering the workforce that are as young as 21 years old and they were born, you know, just, they're the generation Z in the year 2000. Uh, they were first born, which is weird to me being an old dinosaur, as you say. So, um, so it, it's totally, uh, shifted everything and totally, I think, strengthened the role of human resources management globally and wholly as an entity that is driving an organization. As you would note, uh, and we see it on our feeds all the time, CEOs are more and more coming from the function of CHRO and they get promoted up to the CHRO or the CEO uh, of uh, an organization. So it's a visible, critical function, and it leads to a lot of uh, interesting discussions and uh, action items related to things that you and I may not initially think of, but they come about and people question it. The New York Times, for example, has a, um, a column every Monday, I think it's called Work Friend, and they raise, they show questions asked by readers, and they have experts answering it. Some of these questions are amazingly interesting, diverse, and things that you don't think of. We'll get to chat GPT, which is the latest artificial intelligence, which you might have read about in those listening. And please go take a look at openai.com and look at chat GPT. And I'll just tell you, I asked my students after I did this search, I asked chat GPT to write me the job descriptions of the first human resources manager posted on the moon and what they would be doing. And it was amazing to see what this artificial intelligence, computer-generated, natural language with the latest technology came up with an amazing short essay on the job requirements of somebody based on the moon in HR management. Wonderful. And, and you can share that in the show notes if you share it with us. I'd love to share that with our audience. You know, it's yes, so interesting how ChatGPT has taken over the imagination of all our right. HR uh, practitioners right. today. In right. fact, and, I was exposed to it too a little bit last week. And right. 
amazing, right? Um, it's totally amazing. It started out when uh, uh, it made the New York Times a couple of weeks ago, and it showed examples from Twitter feeds where people asked it amazing questions, besides the fact that it could draw art and, and, and write short essays. And us academians, which I'm doing a lot more than just consulting, uh, are concerned that this thing could write a short essay and the students are going to use it. So we have to be aware of what they might end up plagiarizing, so to speak, but that's an issue. But one of the first things that caught my attention was somebody asked ChatGPT uh, uh, to write a uh, an essay uh, giving instructions on how to remove a peanut butter sandwich from a VCR that somebody inserted in the slot and do it in King James verse. And it was hilarious. And I, I grabbed it and I stuck it into a PowerPoint somewhere just to show the power of it and to say, thou shalt not put a peanut butter sandwich in the slot. It is against all whatever. And it was fabulous. But anyway, getting back to that, and you know that I don't, I, I kind of go off on tangents, but the entire HR management boils down to talent management, uh, acquisition of people who will end up being potentially strong leaders, empathetic strong leaders who understand the use of technology as their underpinning. So they should be schooled in metrics, uh, understanding the power of dashboards, understanding the power of data, and have a good underlying engine. And that underlying engine is an, an effective, well-planned, well-developed, by a vendor that built an HRIS or an HRMS or an HCMS, all three of those four-letter abbreviations mean the same to me. It is an underlying HR technology. And I'm, I want to use the analogy as an, um, as an amateur photographer as well. I'm looking for a new camera. And when you go on to all these camera uh, stores and, and camera websites, they want you to buy these kits where you have the body and then all these lenses. But the lenses they give you are not all that great. So my approach is get a good system, which is equal to your camera body, and then pick the right lenses, whether you want a zoom lens, a portrait lens, a landscape lens, with the different apertures, the different uh, um, types of glass made by Zeiss and others, and pick the best option for what you use it for. And that ties into HR technology. You want to go with a well respected vendor that knows the industry, not somebody that just joined because they have a payroll product and they want to generate more sales because they now claim they have a workforce management product and there's thousands of them. And yet there's only a few top tier HR technology vendors uh, that sell an integrated HR technology system by HR payroll benefits and, and all that applicant tracking and all of that uh, material uh, functionality. So it's very important to have uh, an understanding of uh, the need to use this good data in a system and then use these different, quote, lenses to get the best out of it, to get actionable insights, to do regression analysis, to do um, projections. Uh, it's called predictive analytics and then prescriptive analytics. And when I teach my classes, we focus on that as well. At NYU, where I teach, they have a whole program on analytics. And the difference between predictive and prescriptive is you see something happening. And then the next question is, 
hey, it was a good thing. What is our prescription to make the good thing happen again in the future? Or, oh, this was not such a bad, not such a good thing. This trend was a bad trend. What is our prescription to stop this bad trend in the future? So it's kind of like a next step beyond predictive analytics, which shows you the future. And then how do you prevent that future from being bad and make it be good as often as it can be? So anyway, the whole uh, concept of people analytics, leadership development, upskilling of good, talented people. And by that, the question comes up, how do you know who's good and talented in an organization? Well, one of the things that all of the vendors do and should do is what's called the nine box model, where you have the, uh, the lower access being potential and the uh, north-south access. So it's the east-west potential, north-south performance. And you want and it is low, medium, and high. So you have nine boxes. So you want to move your your workforce into the upper right quadrant. You you really want somebody who has high potential and high uh, performance, and that's a star. But uh, you want people who are maybe in the middle for both of those axes. And if somebody's at the low potential, low performance, guess what? They're liable to be fired, or they're called dead wood in my analogy. And that's fine as long as the organization can recognize and get these people into these kind of categories, it's gonna help them manage the workforce because the workforce is diverse. People were quiet quitting, which was a hot topic just a few months ago. It's kind of decreased in hotness these days because the economy is such that we're reading about everybody's uh, uh, hiring freeze and, and, and letting people go. Facebook, or Meta, uh, Google, Amazon, uh, all of these places are reducing force. Um, and that's a problem. So I tell my students and, and my clients, hey, it's not so much uh, uh, a buyer's market. It's more like a seller's market. You know, you, have, you the employees don't have the freedom they thought they had to jump ship and run from one job to another uh, just because they want another 20% salary. You got to look at the culture. And talking about the culture, it's dealing with the leadership, the empathy, the ability for a good leader to not show up in a hoodie and cargo pants and have some gravitas to him or her and lead the organization with knowledge of the underlying data of the workforce. So the key trends, and HR is at the center of all of this. HR is at the center of everything, career management and career management software, um, your activities at HR Geckos, of course, with the uh, alerts and notification work, dashboards, metrics, analytics, actionable insights, and then even artificial intelligence like chat GPT recently, uh, as I was talking about, it's all part of the employee experience EX and the user experience. These things are still trends that will continue in the year 2023 and beyond. And on top of that is the work from home remote hybrid issue, which brings up a whole nother bunch of questions and issues that HR is at the center of, especially when you're dealing with crazy things that can be written about and published in magazines about, well, what happens when somebody trips on a wire in their home office and breaks their leg? And that, and that occurs at 10 o'clock at night. Does the company, is the company liable for disability payments? What happens to life insurance and, and accident and uh, disability uh coverage. Is an employee covered for working from home when they set up their entire system in their kitchen or something with wires going all over and God forbid the house burns down? 
due to an electrical spark. Is the company liable for that? That's an interesting question. People like us not normally think about these things, but HR has to think about these things. And then the question is, employees working from home or working from anywhere. So um, a friend of mine was living in New York City, said, I'm going to move to Madrid. I can keep my job and live in Madrid, or I can keep my job and live in uh, uh, in any city in the Netherlands. So what happens to their salary? Is it, is it justifiably adjusted because the living um, cost of living in the Netherlands is two-thirds of living in New York? That's a good question. All of these are items related to work from home, the agility to do work from home, which people want, or at least a hybrid, a couple of days a week. That's what every generation X, Y, and Z are looking for. And HR has to be in position to give it to them. And at the same time, keep track of who's good and who's crappy and get rid of the people that are not that good. And well, that's a great segue into my next question. You know, um, okay. there's um, in this experience economy, you know, we definitely need to provide that individualized and engaging and consumer grade experiences for all our employees, whether they're working from home, whether they're in an uh, on-site, um, you know, workplace situation or it's kind of hybrid. Um, how do you see uh, this digital transformation now, which is more a necessity um, more than ever before, um, you know, working out in the workplaces of 2023 and beyond? And what's one piece of advice you have for HR practitioners who are looking to adopt or learn new technology for our function? Great question, and certainly it's one that people will continue to think about, and there's no simple answer, and it's not an essay, short essay question that GPT can, can write an answer to if, if we were to both uh, ask it. But uh, first of all, I think it all starts with an understanding of uh, analytics and the data and making sure that in any function, whether it's HR or finance or uh, any other type of corporate function, the data is sound and and uh, and good. Once you have that, then it's the, the issue of how do you get it out in a meaningful way that will show um, trends and um, be uh, obvious for any manager to see without spending a lot of time on Excel spreadsheets to see that there's something that requires an action. And that action can be a simple, small action uh, or a policy change, or it can be something that's a multi-month or multi-year initiative to change a company's performance appraisal because they found out through data and metrics and uh, analysis that uh, top leaders or top, top employees in that nine-box model in the upper quadrant who they consider good people, good employees, and potential leaders are quitting after two years. It's like a, it goes no quitting and then all of a sudden everybody's quitting after two to three years. The question is, why is that happening? And they have to have the wherewithal to understand that something is making our good employees spend a couple of years with us and then leave. Well, the answers typically can be they, they, they don't see a future after a couple of years. There's no career management. There's no employee experience beyond Okay, I was hired, everything looked good, but I'm not getting rewarded, I'm not getting appreciated, I'm not getting understood, uh, I don't have a sense of well-being that I thought I would have, uh, I'm not sure about the company's mission, vision, goals, alignment with my culture, and people, they get up and quit. 
All what I just said could lead to a lot of different actions on the part of an organization. And that could spend, um, they could spend a lot of time and money doing that. And there's all kinds of sources for help. But the understanding of all that requires digitation. It requires an understanding of the data, the analytics, and of course, um, the trends of cohorts. And for that reason, there are certain websites, and I know this is a question you and I have talked with over the, over the years, we've known each other. What are some of the sources of the information that I use in teaching and in my consulting? And one website I like to mention, uh, besides yours, of course, is AIHR, the Academy for Innovation in HR by Eric Van Voepen and Nando Stirnhaus over there in the Netherlands. Their material is fabulous. It's fun charting, a lot of infographics. Um, that's one very good source of information for an executive to learn quickly about a particular function that they might be writing about. And um, there's some very good articles uh, in their um, in their uh, their library. Another one dealing with career management is from a vendor known as Fuel Fifty. Uh, they have a very uh, extensive library of white papers about career management and talent development. So those two I always look at, and of course, HRCI and HR Executive Magazine, and of course, some SHRM stuff and IRM stuff, which I'm a founding member of back decades ago, uh, are all websites that are there. What this all says to me is, you can have somebody who's fabulous at everything I'm talking about without a master's degree. You know why? They don't need it. They can get certification from some of these organizations. And if you're open to that, then that's a good thing. And I think as uh, as individuals, you don't necessarily need a, a master's degree in uh, uh, in HR management or industrial psychology or organizational behavior if you've got proven effective certifications in some of these trends in people analytics and um, and some of the more technical aspects of data management. Um, and Wonderful. still stay in the world of HR management. Wonderful. Thank you for all these insights and, um, you know, the learning that you've uh, gained over the past uh, decades. And thank you for sharing them uh, with our audience, Mark. Um, I know you as my HR tech dinosaur, and I'm sharing you with the world. So I'd like my audience uh, to get to know you a little bit more. And so we have our question connection round. Um, who is one person you gained in your network in the past year um, that you think everyone should know in the world of HR tech or HR? Um, two of them, I would say. Uh, Josh Burson, uh, who I admire for all of his uh, talks and data reports from he was at Deloitte. He started, I knew him a long time ago and then he went to Deloitte. Now he's the Josh Burson Academy. Uh, you can't go wrong with anything uh, can, following him in terms of his writings and uh, speeches around the world. Uh, the second is um, a gentleman, Dave Ulrich, U-L-R-I-C-H. He's one of the premier HR uh, management uh, industry consultants. He writes tons of books. He speaks as well around the country uh, in general about HR management. I had to convince him to do a blurb on my first book because it was called The Death of HR, and he didn't like that concept, but that was just the main title to get attention. It was uh, my book about why Ms. Harriet Rose's job, Ms. HR job, was done away with by a bunch of uh, 
people who felt that she was uh, uh, blocking pro uh, uh, progress. And those were suspects in a police procedural detective story that I wrote about. But Dave Duffield said, oh, I don't believe in the death of H.R. And I said, neither do I. Read the book. And he finally did. said, yeah, I'll give you a blurb. And of course, my first book was Heroic H.R., which was a couple of years ago now. And again, Ulrich and Josh Burson and then um, more closely to my world in uh, academia is uh, Marianne Spatola and um, Anna Tavis at NYU Professional Studies. Uh, these are some of the people that you know as well um, that are, are that are pushing the world of HR technology, the, the talent management, user experience, employee experience, learning and development, etc. Um, those are the ones that uh, I look at, and of course Eric Van Volpen at uh, AIHR would be the ones. Mark, you were supposed to limit this to one person. Sorry. <laughs> All right. I know this is how it goes with you. So what's your favorite yeah. podcast? Only one. <laughs> Yours, of course. <laughs> oh, well, um, thank you. But other than mine, is there another podcast that you like, which, which you know, speaks to our, our function uh, that you would recommend? Um, there's, I've done so many over the years. I can't recall all of them. Um, one of my friends is Susan Nay out in uh, Vancouver, Canada. She does HR Inside Out, which I like. I was a guest a couple of months back. More general topics related to HR management. Uh, um, that's very interesting when she has some fun topics and fun speakers. So I like hers. As well. And uh, I, I'm, that's all I can think of really right now. Okay, great. We'll link all this in our show notes for the audience. Yeah. They can, you know, get okay. access to that. Um, you did mention some of your e-learning uh, and webinar series favorites, uh, series favorites already for HR Tech. Yeah. I'll link those in the show notes as well. Please do. You, do. Thank you. Um, do you have a favorite or current HR or business book that you would recommend? Of course, your book is a wonderful, wonderful book. I'm a big, you know, mystery thriller fan. And so Very I loved great. reading about Thank HR. Thank you in that with that lens and it, it's a wonderful book so i'll link that in the show notes as well but is yeah. there a book you'd recommend mm. there is a book well i always read thomas F, thomas friedman's books he did the world is flat and sorry for being late something like that i don't have the exact title he is a world-renowned columnist for the new york times and he talks about these big uh, things that affect the world. And if you read into many of his things, it's, it's, it's workforce related. You can always find that in any stream of, of things that he's dealing with, uh, technology, especially in artificial intelligence. So any book by Thomas Friedman, I grab. And any column that he writes in the New York Times, since I'm a subscriber, I focus on as well. Um, oh, there is an interesting book that I read called uh, Weapons of Math. Destruction, M-A-T, not M-A-T-H, not M-A-S-S. -S. It's dealing with uh, metrics and analytics and uh, algorithms and bias, which is very good. I don't have the author in front of me, so you could Google it and find it out pretty quickly. Um, there's a lot of good AI technology-oriented books um, dealing with machines going amok, amok and uh, we got to be careful about that. 
Absolutely. And um, my last two questions, uh, where would you like to travel in 2023 and how do you enjoy giving back to the HR community? Uh, I would like to just get on a plane. I haven't gotten one, gotten on a plane to tell you the truth. Uh, since COVID started, uh, I am planning a trip with my family to go to Ireland in June. So I'm doing some research and reading some books about the history of uh, Ireland and the troubles and, and visiting Dublin and things like that. And, um, I just would like to travel a little bit more than I have traveled. Uh, I mean, I used to travel every week and giving back, um, I love being in front. That's why I kind of transitioned more and more to adjunct teaching. I love teaching. I love giving my 30 years plus of experience in the real world to these students who have no clue of what the real world is like when they're still in uh, classrooms. Although some of my students are masters and they have work life, but they still don't all get it. So I like to give back and I like to do my speaking engagements and have fun uh, making people think and smile at the same time. For uh, conferences, the user conferences, uh, the vendor conferences, and um, and in general, HR management organizations. So I love doing that. And the more I can get, the better. If it means getting on a plane, that's fine. I'm excited to do that again. And uh, putting on my uh, trench coat and being the detective to figure out who killed HR job. And speaking of that, uh, I'm working on a new book. Uh, you don't even know that yet. But it's probably called Immortal HR, the resurrection of Ms. Harriet Rose Job and why she came um, up from the dead, so to speak, and is now a force to be reckoned with. And there are people that helped her, uh, that supported her in her journey from near death to being a star. People like Connie Vid, otherwise known as COVID, and Arturo Intelligente, otherwise known as Artificial Intelligence and uh, other kind of characters that are making personalized to have them support her in many humanistic ways to raise Ms. Harriet Rose Job, who was dead a couple of years ago, uh, into uh, a force to be reckoned with. Wonderful news. Looking forward to reading this one. Um, so yeah, thank, thank you, you again so much for being here and sharing all your learnings and insights with us. We're looking forward to a wonderful and glorious 2023 for our people function across the globe. And uh, we're looking forward to bringing more such HR tech stories to our audience globally. So thank you for being here.